There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Some of the best music going. That means we are with another episode of Planet Forward. We have taken a couple of weeks off. Mike Sauter doing this whole state finals thing, traveling around the state, covering volleyball. Golf. Golf. Girls golf, yep. Uh, You had softball. Softball, yeah. He's been busy. Not that I need a partner, but I'm better <laughs> with someone else than I am by myself. Don't I'm just, ever, I'm don't ever glad. turn me over to my own devices. Hey, I'm just glad you don't have your Wisconsin shirt on today. It's only West Side football. Wow. <laughs> Considering it is Wisconsin week, I, I still don't like that guy. That's Mike Sauter. You recognize the voice. Uh, this week, it's a rare treat. Um, I always hesitate to ask uh, that- him to do stuff just because I don't. I don't know, right? I don't want to. I don't want to stretch him thin. We 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 get his work in the paper, but I just figured, based on kind of what this podcast has been about, um, he would be the perfect guest. It 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 always seems like we'll see if this is true or not that he's better on the other side, which is what I'm all about, man. My guy knows how to come out of the back end. He's taking some bullets and survived. Smelling like a rose. There is some resiliency there as we talk to one of the best in the business. Award winning. Um, The author of 24th and Glory, which was a fantastic piece. Uh, One of the World Heralds. The best in the business. Uh, We get Dirk Chatlin this week. Dirk. Man, good afternoon. We appreciate your time. Is that too much? Um, is that too many adjectives? Well, I said lower expectations. <laughs> lower them. Uh, when when people say award winning, they never actually tell you what the award is. It doesn't. You know, nobody actually cares. It's just like you know, you could. It's like getting the red ribbon at the county fair, and it's like. Uh, <laughs> I mean, technically, you are an award winner in uh in 4-h you know even if you finish last place so <laughs> wow uh, let's let's be careful throwing around that phrase i appreciate the introduction i'm far less busy than you think i am uh, and this is this is a joy to be with you guys i mike and i have spent a lot of time mm. together and you know damon you and i probably haven't yeah. spent enough enough time together I'm, but uh, i'm working on it uh, i'm a big fan of the podcast uh it's you guys uh find interesting ways to talk to people that are a little bit off the sports map. And, uh, that's, that's what I like to consume these days. So yeah, uh, it, it's interesting, right? I'm thinking it's 2021. There's so much going on. Everybody has such strong opinions and we're so busy getting mad and trying to figure out this, that, and the other. Is it weird that I'm thinking to myself, yes, you know what? Now it would be a good time to talk to Dirk. There's something about it's like either your thought process or your delivery that you stay composed. 
even if it's a hot, even if it's a hot button topic or responses to something, you just stay even keeled. So I'm like, uh, let me see if I can glean some of that. What is it that keeps you even keeled? Kind of that angle. Well, as I have, first of all, I don't know if I agree with that, but 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 I think I have uh, the difference. What one big difference is. I can kind of pick my spots about when I want to say something publicly, um, when I want to write something publicly. Uh, you're in a, in a very different position where, you know, you've got to punch the clock every day. Yeah. Um, and that's, I mean, frankly, that's just harder. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard to say, uh, it's hard to say when you have to say so much, First of all, it's hard not to get yourself in trouble. And, and secondly, it's hard to say something, you know, that really has weight when you are, you know, doing it uh, hours per day. So uh, just a very different job, frankly, um, you know, and, and I can I can kind of escape it. Right. Like I can I can get out of the, the Scott Frost stuff and if, you know, if I want to take three days and work on something else or take a nap or take a walk you know i can do that so um i'm in a pretty fortunate situation where you know a lot of people who are in the media in this market just frankly have to uh produce so much more daily hourly content that i think it's more difficult to sort of step away and and get some peace get some reflection uh get some context and you know, that's that's been a way that I've sort of been able to preserve my sanity over the years. You turn it off so well, though, like you can you can yeah. really turn it off. And in this day and age, social media, everything like you have news coming at you, opinions coming at you all the time. How do you like how do you mentally wrap your head around? OK, I need to turn this off right now for a day or three. Well, I don't, um. I want to ask you to be a little bit more specific okay. with the question, just because I, I want to make sure that I'm answering sure. it exactly the way you want. Me yeah. To. I, you know, I, we're getting, um, I know for me, my wife thinks I'm addicted to my phone and always looking at Twitter and social media and all that stuff. It feels like, and just kind of knowing you a little bit working with you, but feels like you have the ability to, uh, to just literally put it away and walk away from it. Unless yeah. I'm wrong, I don't know. Again, well, I, I think I'm consuming it probably just as much as you are. I'm mm -hmm. probably just not, um, you know, chiming in as much. Mm -hmm. uh, again, some of this is based on I'm in a really fortunate position because I'm surrounded by people who are who are producing more content than I am, um, and and so I don't have to. I don't have to you know, go to practice every day. I don't have to, um, you know, I don't have to cover the Creighton Nebraska game because we have three other people covering it. Mm -hmm. Like I, I still have opinions, but I don't, I, you know, I, and I can chime in and write a column and I, I have, will have things to say, but it's not, it's not regimented the same. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I think I'm still consuming it probably at a, at a greater rate than you think I am. Mm -hmm. I just don't have to, I don't have to say something. <laughs> yeah. And I think that, frankly, I think that's really important is to just, you know, Mike, you are in a very different position where, mm -hmm. um, you know, you're so prolific uh, and you, 
you know, part of what makes you unique is that you, and I've, I've warned you about this for your mental, for your mental health, you know, you just, you have to dial it back um, for your longevity and your, you know, preservation of your sanity and your soul. Um, And, you know, you got to recognize that certain things are more important than the Marion Millard West volleyball game. Um, And, and, you know, but, but again, I, I've been, fortunate at the world herald where i've kind of carved out a niche um where i don't have to i don't have to be interested in everything um and i think that's probably part of the reason that i've made it as long as i have uh is i just you know it's it's a little bit different job um and that has kind of evolved naturally i mean when i got into it i was a content creator every day my first four or five years of the world herald i was a beat writer um and then you know I, I sort of kind of found a niche in doing some of the bigger feature stories the project stories and i have just kind of found my own avenue i guess um and there's there's a lot of stress in doing those things too but it's a different kind of stress right it's sort of like a it's kind of like a cramming for a final exam stress as opposed to having to do a, a math quiz every day when you show up that's interesting as we're, we're talking to one of the best in the business dirk chatlin from the omaha world herald dirk um semantics you're in the semantics business and you understand how to use words perhaps better than anyone certainly in this room currently what's the difference between patience and being measured because you're a little bit of both, but I think you've clearly kind of stated that there's a difference between the two. You get to pick your shot. Yeah, I um, I think that, again, I don't know if I'm specifically answering the question, but um, when I was, when I was growing up, I kind of had a, I kind of had a reputation at least inside my family and my friends as being a little bit of a, uh, a little bit of a rebellious spirit. Um, not in terms of like getting in trouble, but just like getting, you know, were you, were you doubting Thomas after Thomas or? Yeah. Well, I was the guy who, you know, if, if, uh, this is a really simple, stupid example, but it's, it's maybe the best way to illustrate it. You know, if I'm walking into a basketball game, and at the state tournament and the, you know, the, the, the gatekeeper at the door, the yellow coat at the Devaney center is telling me that I can't go sit in that section, you know, like I'm going to find a way to get into that section. Right. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I just sort of always kind of had a spirit of, of <laughs> challenging authority, I guess, mm. um, which has, which has, you know, sort of been a natural transition to journalism. Um, the other thing that I think has been a really important in, so, you know, that helps in terms of like looking for stories that other people don't want to do and don't want to write and asking questions that other people don't want to ask. That's the measured Uh, part. But the other part of it, and this is probably more important is that I had to develop some pretty thick skin, um, Mm you know, to do this job. And and Damon, you and Mike are the exact same way. I mean, you just can't do it well and healthfully without developing thick skin. Um, 
and and that I think has probably gotten me as far as as anything um at least in terms of like covering high profile sports um you know I'd like to think that there's some work ethic and some of some other things that go with it but but I have I have been able to sort of uh shrug off laugh off dismiss whatever uh criticism that I think not everybody is quite as good at that mm. uh, and and I don't I don't I don't even want to say good at that because I'm not sure it's a skill I think it's just sort of like a you know screw you mentality um and and that serves journalists very well you know um and and again i don't know how much longer i'll do this i mean five years ten years two months whatever but but i think that the thick skin part of this as i've gotten older i've realized that that is a really important component and you guys you guys have to have it too so it's not unique in any way but uh but i really i really don't care that much about what people think about what I write. It's, um, you, you have to be, you have to be in the mainstream. Okay. You have to have a foot in the mainstream. I was having this discussion a couple of weeks ago with the UNL professor and he was trying to, you know, convince me that, you know, that the media should be writing that Scott Frost should get fired. And, um, and my point was, okay, you can think that, but nobody else really thinks that. And if you write that and they go out and they lose to Ohio State, nobody's ever going to listen to another word you say, right? Like you've lost all credibility. So it's really important. That's as the a, measured part. Yeah. As, as, as a critic, as a skeptic, as an observer, whatever, you really have to know where the crowd is and you kind of have to stay connected to it in some ways, but you can't really let it dictate what you think or what you say. Um, so you know that that example is is really i guess um you know I, I guess that's a good example is it's like don't put yourself in a position where you could lose your credibility where, where you could be made a fool um you have to constantly put yourself in positions of strength and part of doing that is always reporting mm. and writing from a position of fact mm. um you know, never getting into an, I think this, or they don't seem to be doing this, or, you know, it's so much better when you can come to it, come with, with evidence, uh, with sort of an arsenal. Um, and when you can do that and it kind of supports what you think, as opposed to following what you think, um, you know, it, it sort of makes you a, a healthy critic, I think a, a respectable critic. Um, and, and I think honestly, Damon and Mike, and you guys are the same way, but, um it's it's very credibility is really fragile uh and and you just always have to guard your credibility if mm. you lose it it's extremely hard to get it back and i think <laughs> that's uh that's one reason that people get really safe over the years in their opinions um cautious or conservative or just lazy is they're just kind of trying to get through oh we got to get through this saturday got to get through this season uh because they're just they're kind of afraid to rock the rock the boat a little bit um and i think it's important that that to resist that urge to just kind of skate through it uh and you do that generally by by doing the reporting work um 
you know, that, that informs your opinion as opposed to, you know, letting the opinion stand by itself, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Go ahead. <laughs> well, so I, I just kind of want to follow up on that a little bit because you said a couple of things that are interesting because typically, now I'm speaking generally, if you're good tactically, a lot of times you may have some weaknesses socially or if you're good socially um, or kind of a big picture guy, you may lack a little bit of the tactic measures on how to get there. It's interesting with you, which is kind of one of the things that draws me closer to you, because as a journalist, you're very good writing. But when I talk to you, whether it's at UBT or out at an event or you're doing a story on me or whatever from some years ago, you're very good socially as well, which is, I think, unique in your profession. What was that like, or how did that byproduct come where you appear to be able to play in both worlds? And I know you've heard the stereotypes, right? Great writers sometimes can be a little socially awkward or a little eccentric or, or, or whatever the, the adjectives you are, but you seem to play very well in both worlds. Well, thanks. Uh, I appreciate that. I, I'm an introvert by nature. I'm kind of a... Uh, you know, spending time with people takes energy away from me as opposed to filling me with energy. Uh, I think that's pretty consistent with journalists across the board. Yeah. Uh, but I grew up, you know, with, uh, I grew up with a lot of people who were older than me. I had an older brother, uh, who was a really good athlete. I spent a lot of time in sports, you know, with people who were, who were four years older than me. I was, I was kind of the shadow in some ways. Um, and so I got, I got kind of good at talking to people and entertaining people and, you know, saying they're trying to say the right thing and not say the wrong thing. And I think, um, I, I, I think the key Damon is really just being, and this is probably maybe my best skill. Uh, and I have lots of weaknesses, but I think my best skill is that I am genuinely sincerely curious mm. um it's not bs it's not uh i'm not doing it for small talk like when i meet someone i want to know who they are i want to know their story i want to know where they came from i want to know how they got here um it's true for you it's true for for solder it's true for basically everybody i meet and and that doesn't mean that everything you know goes into a deep conversation but but I think you, you become better socially and interactively with people when you are genuinely curious about who they are. And um, I, I, I just think that that takes you a long way as a journalist. And I think it takes you a long way in, you know, in just being, being somebody that people want to talk to. So uh, again, it, it takes a lot of energy out of me. Like I, I spend a lot of time by myself uh, and, mm. But 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 I really do enjoy learning about people, uh, which is sort of the background into into some of the bigger stories that I've written. I mean, you know, three years ago we did a huge project about about um, you know the sort of the demise of Nebraska's in-state recruiting, and and that was 
that was just kind of curiosity, like pushing me, right? It's like, what in the hell happened here over the last 20 years? You know, and then you start digging into the numbers and you're like, holy cow, Knox County used to have all these Nebraska football recruits and now yeah, they don't I have any. That. What happened there? Okay, that's about small town depopulation. Okay, what about you know, uh, concussions and what about, you know, cross country and all these other activities. And all of a sudden you're like, this is fascinating stuff. Right. And it's just, it all kind of is propelled by curiosity. And that's where, again, I'm really fortunate because most people in the profession don't have time to, to chase all those rabbits. Um, you know, solder does not have time to chase all those rabbits. No. Sam McEwen does not have time. Mm. Uh, I've just kind of been really lucky, um, to, to sort of be able to indulge in my curiosities over the years. And, and that, that again, is probably my number one skill is just, um, I just am genuinely interested in people. You, does, I've, I've asked you this before and I'm just because I, I, respect the crap out of you i think you know that but does, does your thick skinness that just come naturally yeah or is that a learned skill so oh, that's I'll that's good funny, that's good i'll tell you a funny story <laughs> um when i was a sophomore in college um 2000 no junior in college 2002 uh, nebraska goes down to k-state and just gets annihilated i mean it was uh, third, it was 48 to 13, I think. Um, and Terrence Newman, first round draft pick played the whole game. Um, L Roberson, I think was the quarterback played the whole game. Like Bill Snyder was just trying to stick it to Nebraska. And I'm a, I'm a 21 year old kid. Now try to imagine this in like the Bo Pelini, Scott Frost world. And, uh, <laughs> And, and K-State, you know, they, they do the victorious press conference and uh, Bill Snyder is the conquering hero. And, and I have decided that I'm going to go cover the K-State press conference instead of the Nebraska press conference. And I, I get in there and there's like, you know, 50 people from the Manhattan Mercury there. And, uh, and I, I speak up and I ask Bill Snyder during the press conference, why didn't you play your backup quarterback today? You were mm. up 48 to 13. 21 year old kid like I I sort of laugh at it in hindsight like confronting you know the great Bill Snyder who clearly ran up the score on Nebraska uh and he just kind of glares at me and he doesn't really answer the question and so like I let a couple minutes pass and I come back and I ask it like in a different form I said you know this was senior day Mark Dunn was your backup quarterback uh how did you not play your backup quarterback on senior day uh, you know, in a 35 point win and, and everybody in the room just kind of looks at me like, what, who let this guy. In? <laughs> and, uh, and, and I just, <laughs> I don't know, man. Like there's just, I've always kind of had this poke the bear thing and I don't know where it comes from. It's not consistent with, with my parents or my older brother or any of my relatives really. It's just kind of, it's like, uh, it's like this, this little, journalism thing that I picked up at a very young age that I think I was a journalist even before I knew I was a journalist. Mm. Um, and then the other part of this that's really important, and it's probably why I've never left Nebraska, um, is, you know, I, I love it here, but, mm. but there is a, you guys have it too. There is an institutional knowledge when you cover 
Nebraska football, Nebraska basketball, high school basketball, um, you know, Creighton basketball, all the things that we cover on a daily basis. It really helps to grow up with it, to know it, to live it. Um, you know, I can, I can write about, um, you know, I can write about uh, high school basketball, you know, in the 1990s, you know, and how, how much it's changed because I remember that how bad OPS schools were in 1997. I remember, you know, I remember what it was like in 1992 and 1993 to go to a Nebraska football game and, and sort of see that stadium alive as the program kind of was awakening again. Uh, all of that background, all of that institutional knowledge and a great, great childhood memory uh, is, is just been really, really useful over the years. Um, so I think it's a, it's a combination of a lot of things, but, but as you said, Mike, the, the, the thick skin part of it is really important. And I think it's maybe in this day and age, mm. uh, it's maybe as important as anything. Like you just, when I got into it in 2005, there was no Twitter, uh, if there was a press conference, you know, it wasn't streamed live on the internet. It wasn't documented question by question on, on social media. Uh, you could kind of do your job as a journalist and uh, ask tough questions and nobody really knew who you were. And it has changed so much. I was just talking to Sam about this today. I was like, you know, we were kind of talking about just the need for tougher questions. And I said, I said, you know, the, the complication with that is, when you ask a, a, a tough question, you immediately become part of the story. Yeah. And, and that, you know, you gotta be ready for that crap. I mean, it's just, mm. I, I was, uh, I lived that for about five years in the pointy era where yeah. every single time I asked a tough question, it was like, Oh, there goes Dirk again. Right. And mm. so you have to, you really have to pick your spots, but you also kind of have to be bulletproof. What and I want to, you brought up the Pliny era and I'm just so curious. <laughs> Maybe this is the fun part and not serious. How did you come out of that? Um, not unscathed, but you know, like you took a lot of heat during that time in particular, obviously the infamous Bo Pelini line of, you know, uh, maybe cursing in your name. It, like, how'd you handle that? You know what's weird about the pointy thing is, and this is God's honest truth. I have no reason to lie about it at this point. Mm. Um, he and I actually had a really good relationship. Yeah, I heard uh, he he said that. Like, He's told me that he in would, private. Like, like he would come out after a press conference, like a weekly press conference, and he would come out in the hall, you know, walking back to his office, mm. and I'd pull him aside for ten minutes and ask him about something, um, like. In 2010 at AM, when they just got absolutely screwed, uh, you know, 15, 16 yeah. penalties down there, he he's walking off the field and I like kind of met him at the at the entrance of the of the visiting football complex and like kind of spent two minutes talking to him just about what happened. Like there were these really well documented blow-ups uh between he and I. And, but, but 98% of the time we got along really well. And, and honestly, like my poking him was generally a function of feeling like if I don't ask this question, nobody will. Mm -hmm. And that I really think is important 
you know, to sort of bear that responsibility and burden sometimes uh, that you just have to represent the fan base in those press conferences. You know, you, the fan base wants to know the question. They want to know the answer to it, to some specific question, right? Like, why did you stick with this quarterback or why did you not go for it on fourth down or whatever? And if you don't ask that question <laughs> and nobody else around you is asking that question, you are failing in your duty. It would have been much easier for me had the room been full of people who would ask those types of questions, but it wasn't, it was like, there were about three of us. Mm. And so, you know, every time there was a hard question, it was like, Oh, it came from that guy again, or it was this guy again. Um, but I, it really came out of a responsibility to, to try to get answers to questions that fans and readers wanted. Um, so, you know, again, it's, it's remembered for the fireworks and, and it was very stressful. I mean, I, there were, you know, there were threats and some veil, some direct threats, uh, not from Nebraska, but just from, just from fans and, and readers. But, um, mm, that is so I, was just, I was so caught up in it every day that just trying to like, man, I, I just, you, you just really learn, first of all, whose, whose opinions are important and whose aren't. Uh, but you also just learn that, you know, you're, your your responsibility has to be to the job right um you have to do the job the way that you think it it needs to be done and to some degree you just kind of have to let it you know you have to let it fall from there um you know i the irony is all these guys that i've quote you know been hard on over the years uh they all <laughs> quote they all, they, they all they all left and i'm still here so <laughs> i i don't know if that says any if maybe that's a good thing maybe that's a bad thing but it's that's sort of true of all, all, all of us in the media right? right it's like these coaches come and go but you know tom chattel's still there and damon bedding's still there and michael severe's mm. still there um it's uh, it's just sort of the the odd nature of of media and maybe our market that we have a, a lot longer longevity than a lot of these people that that we're supposedly criticizing every day. DC, we're gonna catch up. Unbelievable, man! Yeah. I appreciate your time. Yeah. All right. Take care, you guys. Appreciate Thanks. You. Yeah. Uh, without question, one of um, that may go to number one. <laughs> yeah. Right. And yeah. and we talked to Doctor Chatters, and that was deep, but. Just ability, his ability to kind of weave real life with sports. That's why we like playing it forward. Yeah, and I, I would tell you, like, and he's ridiculously honest. We've talked about my my, you know, relationship with my dad and everything. And when he started talking about how he's struggling, and then I'm like, wait, I'm doing the same shit that my dad did. Not physical part, but yeah. go, flying off the handle, yelling for like. When you look back, no reason. Yeah. And I'm like, that. Start, I mean, that hit me. I was like, I gotta, I gotta change this. We're gonna get this broken down into two segments. He's fantastic, but uh, he didn't disappoint. No, that's my man Cam. I like to call him Cam Bam. Some of you fine folks call him KB. He's on the ones and twos. That's my man Mike Sauter. We'll be back. We'll break this up into two segments. Uh, it's playing it forward. Shame on you if you're not subscribing, but uh, we'll get these two up and ready. Special thanks to Jerk Chatlin. We'll be back next week. Plan it forward. A Huda Media Production.